0: Welcome to the Pixels and in Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working, so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. All
1: right, well, welcome back, boys and girls, to this next episode of Pixels & Ink. How are you doing, Mackenzie? I'm doing great today. I'm,
0: again, so happy to be here. I know it's our second episode back in our reinvigoration here, but just so happy and and blessed to be here with you all.
1: Yep, and so today we're going to continue you this uh, second uh, episode here in a series where we're talking about this weird way of generating leads that we found to work really well here at MindFire that we're now sharing with the community.
0: Yeah, so if you didn't hear the last episode, you might want to pause here and go back and listen to it because oh, yeah. that's going to actually lay the foundation for what we're going to start diving into in the next few episodes. Yeah,
1: yeah, you should definitely do that. Go back and listen to the previous episode. So today we're going to be talking about how you can ethically steal other people's content that you know already works and it addresses many of the issues that we talked about in the previous episode yeah so
0: one of the things that we expressed is that marketing is really challenging mm-hmm. uh, largely in part because creating content that's really engaging that's um, educational that pr- that performs is really challenging and it's time consuming costs a lot of money mm-hmm. and so the first tactic in this weird lead generation strategy that we're going to be teaching you is to ethically steal other people's content so that you can use it to um, attract customers and prospects and use it in a way that allows you to market without spending all these time, energy, and resources on creating content.
1: Yeah, and if you're wondering, you know, does this thing work for me? Will these ideas work for me? Hey, you know what? If you need to sell to people, if you need to sell something to people, then yes, this works for you. If you don't need to sell anything, you're not worried about marketing or selling, then no, <laughs> this this isn't for you. But for the rest of us who need to make a living selling and, and marketing our services, this is for you. So let's jump right in. I'm gonna talk to you about how you can take the, the first step here, which is to understand where you can get content that has already been proven to work and figure out how to use that for your own audience. All right, let's jump right in. So um, let's start with kind of taking a step back here. Let me give you a little backstory here. So um, th- there are, there's a way of thinking about life that I, I kind of picked up from from two people and certainly others have talked about this. But um, the first is from Steve Jobs. And uh, we'll, we'll play that here. In the podcast just listen to what he says it comes down to trying to expose yourself to the best things that humans have done and then try to bring those things in to what you're doing i mean picasso had a saying he said good artists copy great artists steal and we have you know always been shameless about stealing great ideas so what he's essentially saying there is that you know using other people's ideas is something that they've been shameless about doing there at Apple, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's not the only one, okay? So if you, if you know who Tony Robbins is, many of you know Tony um, and, and kind of what he does. One of the things that he says is if you want to achieve success, I learned this from him, all you need to do is find a way to model those who have already succeeded, and so that's something that I have also looked at in my life. So some of you know this, but when I was uh, maybe around five or six, I decided—this is little Dave talking here—I decided I wanted to be a classical pianist. And I'm sure some of you have had that, that experience of, uh, you know, your parents getting you into music or into sports or something. But I, I took it a little bit further than the average child. I wanted to be like a top performer, okay? But the problem was is that my family—you uh, know, my mom basically raised me and my two sisters um, herself— And we'd have a lot of money, frankly. And so being able to pay for good teachers and the training that I needed was just severely limited. And I remember thinking, even as a small child, like, how am I going to compete with uh, these other kids who have really good teachers, who have parents who can afford to get them this uh, training that they need? How on earth am I going to be able to compete with them? But what I found is that there was a way I could do that by modeling what other successful pianists had already done. So what I mean by that is I could look at how they practiced, how they memorized music, how they rehearsed, how they played with orchestra, how they could even uh, practice their craft without being at a piano. There's all these weird mental imagery techniques that you can that you can do, and I learned that by just watching other people. And I'm sure there's situations like that for you too in your life, Mackenzie, mm-hmm. right? Where you've you've modeled somebody who has gone before you. Who you can learn from and men and women if you 're thinking about these people in your life i 'm sure you can you can imagine how um, they've helped you, maybe without even realizing it you 're already doing this type of thing modeling behavior after someone who's been there before you
0: and someone who spent a lot of time creating or mastering their craft you know not only do you watch them at what they're doing to learn what they're doing but you're also taking all that time and energy that they've invested and you're skipping a lot of the leapfrogging exactly you're leapfrogging forward
1: yeah so this might seem small guys and girls but this this whole um concept really started me on this whole path of reverse engineering how people do things, how successful people do things, and of course, my, my friends and and my family even like had no idea what I was doing. They just saw this little kid going in the library and getting books and like um, checking out audio tapes and stuff like that, which was weird for a little kid. But it actually worked for me, because, and there's proof on the web. <laughs> I was uh, I was eventually one of the top pianists in the state. Um, there's a YouTube video that shows me playing with an orchestra and such, which proves that this actually ended up working for me. So what what's the point of this? Here, here's the key of what I'm trying to to, to bring home here is that I have for whatever reason as a small child and up until present used this concept even maybe in some cases without realizing it because I took this same thinking and during this period of time that we talked about in the last episode if you didn't listen go back and listen now but I used this thinking to figure out how we could apply this to the world of marketing meaning because as you said Mackenzie it's hard to create this content right I said to myself, okay, is this same thing true for content? In other words, can you model in some way what's already working for other companies, other marketers, can you use that for yourself, okay? But the mistake that many of you are going to make is that if you you try to do this, you're probably gonna go out and try to create content from scratch, okay? And that's what we did too. But that's not how you're gonna be successful.
0: Yep, it's gonna take too much time, too much energy, and you're gonna become burnt out.
1: Yep, and now whenever we talk about this in, in, in classes or in front of people or, or one-on-one, usually somebody will say to me or someone will come up to me and say, hey, Dave, that's cool, you know, but I, I'm pretty cool, I'm creative, I can come up with stuff. I don't, I don't need to copy other people's content. You know, I, I have this new idea that nobody else has and I always kind of chuckle and I, I, I step back and I, I, I say the same thing usually and it's this quote, you may have heard this, um, you can always tell who the pioneers are because they have arrows in their back and they're lying what?
0: Face down in the dirt. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's true if you think about it, right? Because as salespeople, as marketing people, owners of our companies, we have so much passion inside of us to get out there and share our, our ideas uh, with, the, with the world. But honestly, most people run out of time or money before they succeed. And the reason that this happens to them is because they're trying to recreate the wheel. Or like you said, McKinsey, that they're not kind of leapfrogging this, this difficult process by not modeling what's working in other people, right? And so what ends up happening is they get all of these arrows in their back and they never make it because they're, <laughs> they're face down in the dirt, yeah. Yep. Okay, so the first step in this process, I'm gonna take you through three steps here that you need to know about how to find content from other people that's already working, all right? So if you're driving or you're riding a bike or you're doing yoga or whatever you're doing, uh, don't worry, McKinsey's gonna link this up in the show notes, okay? But step one is that first you need to find some good content. Yep. Um, content like the thing that we talked about in the last episode, this Mercedes Benz article. And again, that's gonna be in the show notes, right? So you gotta find content that's already working. But the question is- How? How do you do that, yeah. So check this out. Um, it's funny because I remember I was laying in bed thinking about the same exact question during that period of time. And as many of us do, and I hate to admit, I you know I do the same thing. You know I scroll aimlessly through Facebook, just just looking for something cool. And I remember thinking suddenly, you know, what if I searched for one of these topics that's important to our audience on Facebook? I wonder what would happen. And if you can think about Facebook, you know how they in McKinsey on the upper left hand corner, you can search for people. Mm-hmm. Usually, I'm searching for people there. You know, and mm-hmm. maybe most people do that, or maybe maybe people search for other stuff there. But I remember typing in specifically in there the word direct mail, okay? What I found is that when I typed in the word direct mail, Facebook came back and showed me a bunch of posts from other people, other organizations, other companies with that word in it. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. So instead of seeing people, I was seeing content. But what was really unique, and you can do this men and women on your own, is you can look at those posts and you know how underneath you see how many comments and how many likes it has? Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. Because if you look at that and you look at the emotions, you can see two articles side by side, one that has maybe three or four thumbs up, you know, likes and maybe two shares and another that's got like 200 or 2000 emotions and a couple hundred or a couple thousand shares.
0: Yep. So not, not only can you search for this and find, you know, conversations about this topic or find content that's out there, but then you can discern which is the exactly. most, which is the best, what's performing exactly. the best.
1: That's exactly what what occurred to me is that, you know what, Facebook is uh, I don't want to say inadvertently, but they're implicitly giving you signals around what content is already working. So I said, okay, you know, Facebook is cool, but maybe I can do this on LinkedIn too. And so what I did is I, I you know, went over to LinkedIn. I had the app on my phone. I did the same thing. I typed in the word direct mail uh, because that's particularly of interest to our our audience. And lo and behold, the same thing was possible on LinkedIn. And men, men and women, you can do this yourself. So LinkedIn will come back and show you posts from other people talking about your topic, and you can gain some insights into how well it's doing by looking at those social signals. Yep. So now, as we started to tap into this, which, believe me, very few people look at the world this way. Very few people are looking for content this way. So if you're listening to this episode, you actually now you're have... You're ahead of the game. You're, you're ahead of the game. You have one of the key secrets here. Um, but I, what, what happened to us is I remember distinctly thinking, all right, so with this information, what should we do? Should we either... Like write content that has the same theme or the same premise behind it that, that we already know kind of works. And that's one strategy, Which right? Which
0: we know takes a long time.
1: Takes some time. Yep. Or is there a way we can actually use their content? And now we're just talking you and me, Mackenzie, and the listener, right? We don't yeah. want anybody else to hear this, Mm-mm. right? Is there a way we could actually use their content? And I know you're probably thinking, ah, that just sounds weird. How on earth would you do that? Well, if you have a way to write this down, write Snipply down, S-N-I-P-L-Y. And I'm sure we'll link this up in the show notes. If you haven't heard of it, Snipply is this really cool service that allows you to take this content that you find, let's say like that Mercedes-Benz article, right? And you paste it into Snipply and you get a unique URL back from Snipply. It's specific to that article, okay? And now what you can do is you can share that link. But the magic is that when you share that link, it looks like the Mercedes-Benz article, but at the bottom, you can put in a banner, you can put in a call to action. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: So maybe we should just step that, you know, step them through this. So, sure. as an example, let's say this Mercedes Benz article, if you want to find it on the web, it's at mbzarticle.com, just making this up. Okay. So, I go to Facebook and I search uh, pearls, personalized URLs, and I see that this Mercedes Benz article has so many likes and shares. People think it's amazing. So, I click on it to learn about it, it takes me to mbzarticle.com. Again, just making this up. And I'm like, wow, this is an amazing piece. Of content that talks about the value in personalized URLs and how Mercedes Benz is using it. Okay, cool. I want to now use this for my own business. I want to market uh, to my database or whoever I'm targeting and show them this. But instead of just showing them this article mbzarticle.com, I want to have a way that they can actually respond yeah. to me. Yes. So what you do is you take that article URL, the mbz article. .com in this example, mm-hmm. you go over to Snipply, which again we're going to link up in the show notes, you put it in there, and then it creates a new URL. As yep. an example, abc.com or mindfirembz.com, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and at the bottom of it, it looks like the same exact article, but at the bottom there's a banner across it that if you click takes you to a place that you decide. So, as an example, let's say we did this for our company, which we did. Which we did. Yep. And we still actually do. Yep. And it takes, we send it to people, they go to, abc.com or mymindfirembz whatever it is that's Snipply created. Mm-hmm. And you scroll, you're reading, wow, this is an amazing article. It looks exactly the same as the actual native article. Mm-hmm. But then at the bottom, there's this banner and it's bright red. And it says, want to learn how you can use pearls like Mercedes-Benz did? Click here. Yep. And then it takes you to the Mindfire website. The so again, right using a piece of content, a website article that's performing really well on a yep. topic that's of interest to you, your prospects and customers. Yep. Creating a new link in Snipply with embedding a banner at the bottom so that people can respond to you. Yep,
1: men and women, that is huge right there. So let's recap. Step number one is find content that's working. I've given you two ways to do that Facebook and LinkedIn, right? We talked about both of those. And second, You want to start to embed the call to action within that content, just as McKenzie said. We can link up an example in the show notes. You can embed a call to action. It's that red bar, as an example, at the bottom of the content that then links to your website, okay? And
0: it can be any article, even if it's hypothetically CNN.com. It can happen for for any article.
1: Yep. So that's uh, steps one and step two. And now in step three, what you need to do is and this is what we found is if you make that content the focal point of a multi-touch multi channel campaign and let me let me define that in a moment but if you can imagine in your head you're putting that content at the center here okay and then you're going to drive traffic to that content and the way you're going to drive traffic is through email multiple emails you can do it through facebook posts linkedin posts facebook ads linkedin ads A variety of different ways to drive traffic to that content, right? And then, as you said, Mackenzie, when people are reading that, some percentage of them are going to see that call to action at the bottom and say, "Yeah, I do want to find out more." Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can link them to either a webinar sign up or, like in our case with the pearls, it's a what is it, a demo request or Mm -hmm. info request, right? So you can turn those nameless, faceless visitors who are on your content into leads for your business. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. You know what I want to do right now? I just want to take an example for if you are a printer who. does promotional items. Okay. So let's say that you're a printer and one of the segments of your business that does really well or that you want to market more is promotional items let's say for trade shows. Okay? okay? Mm-hmm. So as an example, I'm the marketer, I'm the business owner and I go to Facebook or I go to LinkedIn and I search promotional items for trade shows. And I see that there's a article that someone wrote on let's say Freeman, you know, Freeman is a is a company that helps put on trade shows. But let's say they put an article about one of the, you know, the best ways to throw a trade show or the Best secrets to having the most successful trade show. Okay. And one of them, it talks all about using promotional items to bring people from the aisles to your booth. Mm. Well, so let's say I'm like, wow, that's great. I'm a printer. I offer promotional items. I want people to see how important promotional items are for the success of their trade show. Right. So then I take that article, I copy the URL, I put it in Snipply. It Mm -hmm. creates the same exact article, but at the bottom, we put a call to action that says, want to take advantage of 50% off promotional items for your next trade show, click here. Yep. And so now you send an email to all of your prospects or customers, sending them to this article, which is all about how important promotional items are for trade shows. And at the bottom, it says, hey, want to take advantage of 50% off? Yep. Well, a certain percent of those people are like, yeah of course I do I Absolutely. want to do that yep. so they're sold on why they should do it because they have a piece of content that's an educational resource that's proven you know it's, it's a really good performance they see the effectiveness of it and they want to take advantage of it and now that turns into a lead for you
1: yeah and let's remind everybody so when we talk about good content we talked about this in the last episode that can cost thousands of dollars tens of thousands in some cases even more than that right but here you're leapfrogging that process because first of all you don't have to pay for the content second you already know that it works mm-hmm. right and you know know that engaging people with that content is going to be significantly easier than trying to come up with something and trying to figure out what's going to resonate with the audience.
0: And in this case, it's written by a really reputable source. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was this technique, these tactics, that started getting us the results that we talked about in the last episode, where all of a sudden lead flow started to increase. We started to find more uh, leads at our, at our hands than we could actually deal with. And actually, let's put this chart here. I have this chart in front of me, uh, McKinsey. Let's put this in the show notes too, and let's show people kind of how this impacted our lead flow. We'll actually show you a graph of that, okay, so you'll want to go to our blog, find it on our blog, and uh, you'll see that almost um, immediately this started to have an impact for us. All right, it started to create uh, somewhere on the order of 10 to 20 leads per day, mm-hmm. 10 to 20 leads per day using these techniques. Now the cool thing for us is that all of this was only about $100, right? Because actually Snipply has a free level. You can use yep. it for free or you can pay a few bucks to unlock it. So it would have taken us years probably to create all the content that we came across uh, in, in this process um, That it, that is really just already out there and all you need to do is to figure out how to unlock it using something like Snipply, okay? So there are numerous channels for finding content, okay? I'm gonna share with you Um, in, In an upcoming episode, some ways that you can shortcut this process, but that is the idea in a nutshell, all right? You go to Facebook, you go to LinkedIn. Actually, you know what? Let me give them a little tip okay, right here. Let's okay, let's do it. Yeah, does that sound good? So here, here's a shortcut, men and women. This is, this is special just for you, the listener. Uh, what we found is this thing called BuzzSumo. Again, let's write that down and maybe put it in the show notes for people, okay? BuzzSumo is B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O, okay? And what this does is, yes, you can go to Facebook. Yes, you can go to LinkedIn and look for this content, but wouldn't it be cool if there was one place that searched across a bunch of social networks for you and allowed you to see what was trending or what was popular in these social networks, yep. well, that's what BuzzSumo does. Okay, so you can go there. You can type in the word direct mail. Um, you can do searches for free as well. This you don't have to pay for anything. You can certainly pay to unlock more content, but what it'll do is it'll turn up these gems of content, these things that are already working, these engaging pieces of content, and allow you to jumpstart and say, okay, this is working well on Facebook. This is working well. On LinkedIn. This is working well here and there. I know this is something that I want to use, right? And so, what I did, what we did, is what every great company needs to do, what every great salesperson, marketer, entrepreneur, business owner needs to do. I actually paid for this service. I pulled out my credit card. I paid for BuzzSumo, and now it's like all of a sudden, you know, spending a few bucks is literally opening up the door to make thousands or potentially millions by finding this content that's already working. And that's at BuzzSumo.com. Again, it's not a MindFire product. B u z z -S s u m o but a fantastic way to jumpstart the yeah, process. Yeah, and we're
0: not, we're not affiliated with them nope. at all. We, we, maybe we should be, but yep. <laughs> no, but we're not. But it's just a way, it's a shortcut. You yep. know, it allows you to look across all channels, across Huge. all different places where content is and find the best performing content across all channels.
1: So let me summarize then. So what I've shown you here and what Mackenzie and I have been talking about is a way of eliminating, or, or maybe a better thing to say is obliterating <laughs> the yeah. struggle of creating good content that we found as we talked about in the previous episode good content is what drives engagement from your target audience okay and we know that that's difficult we know that that's hard but now you have a secret way you have a way of doing that that allows you to skip all of that and get right to the good content that's going to drive engagement clicks and leads okay so that's the first step of the process in the next episode we're going to talk to you about how to actually use that content in a multi-touch, multi-channel campaign. And we're going to go through the process around how to drive traffic to that content to start generating more leads for you. Sounds good. Sound good? Yep. All right. With that, men and women, thank you for being with us today. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. See you soon. All righty.
0: You've been listening to the Pixels in & Ink podcast with Mackenzie Farsheet and Dave Rosendahl. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit mindfirestudio.com slash blog. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode.